Well, welcome back to the Canterbury Enterprise Sports Corner. Jordan Oppett filling in for Frankie Mackay today. And now to the panel, proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury rugby. I'm very excited to welcome two talented local sports writers for stuff, Rob Van Royen and Brendan Egan. Morning, team. How are we? Morning, Jordan. Good, thanks. Yeah, morning, Jordan. How are we going? I was like, Brendan, you're there? Come in. Um, (laughs) Right, Brendan, we're actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll start with you, Brendan, our cricket man, Tom Latham, Canterbury's favourite son. Was that not one of the best ODI innings we've seen from him? Um, I think it was right up there for Tom Latham. Yeah, he's definitely had some good ones. A couple at Hagley Oval um, I remember covering. But, yeah, I mean, that was a great night, wasn't it? I mean, absolutely fantastic, the state of the game with the, the Black Caps and uh, a bit of bother there and that, that fantastic partnership between him and Kane Williams. And he just uh, he's just such a calm, composed individual, Tom Latham. He never gets rattled um, as the run rate sort of climbs, does he? And uh, just some of his exquisite shots last night. Um, fantastic stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see. Yeah, I guess what did you make of that Black Caps performance on the whole? Because I covered the first innings for the news last night and when I left I thought, oh no, we're in a spot of bother here. And then they managed to just chew through the run. So I guess what did you make of the whole performance? Yeah, I had some concerns about the bowling, especially early on. Like just uh, some of the bowlers just pretty uh, erratic, not hitting their lengths. Um, yeah, the Indians really got on top of them early on. I mean, the Black Caps did well. They, they pegged it back during the middle stages, then obviously India got going again at the end there and, and got up, up over 300. But I guess with Eden Park, um, you know, it is, it is short boundaries. You can uh, make up the runs. And, uh, yeah, as you say, um, New Zealand, you know, with those early wickets, they were in a bit of spot bother there. But, uh, yeah, that partnership between Kane Williamson and, and Tom Latham, just two experienced guys who really just thrive on ODI cricket and, and, you know, know that they can just build a partnership. And if... They're there at the end. They can get New Zealand home. So, yeah, that was just the uh, turning point for the game for me. India just couldn't couldn't get them out. They just seemed to, um, yeah, they just went into the shell of it, didn't they? They just uh, ran out of ideas. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a crucial stage in the game, that partnership, and India just couldn't get the breakthrough. Mm. Rob, was that some inspo for your cricket this weekend? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, mind you, the, that was proper cricket last night, wasn't it? Like, and I've always been a bigger fan of, uh, even though there's talk of the future of uh, 50 overs cricket, I prefer it over T20s, always have. Um, we'll be having a 2020 bash later on, but last night was just proper cricket, proper shots. Um, and I mean, it suited Kane clearly a lot better. I mean, that was a, I mean, still not at his absolute best, it's like 94 off 98, but um, yeah, and it was, but some of the strokes they played, it was, as I said, proper cricket shots. Latham was quite exquisite. It didn't. It was almost effortless, you know. One forty-five was one hundred and four, and and it wasn't like he went out there and flogged. But, you know, just a lot of really good strokes. Come on, I also think you need to back yourself a bit more. Proper cricket, you can play that. <laughs> <laughs> Leads me to my next no, point, Rob. Like Fifty overs, 50 overs cricket is proper cricket. Is what I, is more what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Having you on, uh, it leads, leads me to my next point. Really, uh, there's another favourite son of Canterbury coming up through the ranks, and Henry Shipley. Surely he's in line for a Black Caps call up after what's been a stunning start to the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been great, isn't he? I actually saw a piece the other day saying he's, he's pressing for a spot, and uh, he's he's got to be. He's just the best performance been good for a while now, and, and, and clearly the start of the season. It's uh, I mean, look, the Black Caps have shown they're not afraid to to look to a few younger younger guys. I mean, they're clearly doing that with Van Allen and moving on from Gup. It's also be interesting to see if they do start yeah going uh, looking that way at the ball. I mean, looks Trent Bolts out of the 
the picture to an extent now. Um, yeah, obviously Saudi's not going anywhere um, till after the World Cup, surely. But you know, he's getting on, so they do have to start looking at some younger guys. Mm. And Brendan, I guess to that Canterbury side, they are about, well, they have actually already lost their Black Caps players to the series pl- playing right now. But what do you make of the depth, I guess, we've got within Canterbury and within those Canterbury sides? Well, I think Canterbury is probably arguably one of the strongest provinces in New Zealand for cricket. I mean, you, you do take those guys mm. out, but there's some fine players, isn't there? I mean, Cole McConchie, I mean, he's just Mr. Domestic Cricket. He just he just absolutely excelling in all three formats. And he's another guy, I mean, it's pretty tough to break into that team. But, I mean, I, I don't think Cole McConchie would do uh, would do any harm in that New Zealand team. He just, um, whenever he plays for Canterbury, he just he chimes in for 100. He's an excellent fielder, uh, can, you know, bowl his off spin, get a few wickets and uh, tie down the runs in the middle stages. Like, it's, um, yeah, and there's some, um, we've obviously seen uh, the young guy, Matt Boyle, has got a chance. Uh, he's very highly touted, the young opener. Uh, played the other day. Uh, I think he got a duck from memory, but um, he, he's big things are expected of him. So just a production line, uh, Canterbury Cricket always has been. And uh, yeah, there's some, some really good young players coming through. I think even if those Blake Cap guys are out, Canterbury should be pretty uh, pretty strong in all, all three formats still. Mm. And keen to get both, last cricket question here, keen to get both your thoughts on the Guptill situation because no matter what you think of Guptill, I think the way, that, personally, I think the way this has been handled has been. Uh, pretty unfair on someone who's given so much to the Black Caps. I guess, Brendan, we'll start with you. What do you make of it? Talk me through your thoughts. It's definitely a tricky one, isn't it? Like, I can see sort of both sides of the equation. Like, yeah, um, you get the side of the, the, the sort of equation where you think, you know, with Ross Taylor, he did have that farewell to her. And I think even we were talking about it um, before one of the Black Caps media sessions, you know, it was unfortunate Amy Satterwhite never got one. And yeah, maybe mm. Martin Guptill did deserve a bit of a farewell to her, but then I guess you've got the other side of the coin, um, professional sport, it's pretty cutthroat, isn't it? And they've obviously, Gary said he's made the decision to go after the young guy, Finn Allen, like he said in that press conference, the World Cup's a year out, we need to get Finn Allen in the side, we need to get him delivering, um, really sort of finding his mark at the top of the order with Devin Conway, so he needs a year just to really um, learn that role and, and thrive in it, and uh, and Guptill, you know, he's, he's been getting on and um, I guess, you know, he's been a little bit hit and miss with some of his performances. So, yeah, it's a really tricky one. I mean, I, I definitely think it could have been handled a lot better. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a fine line, isn't it, professional sport? Um, you've got to pick the best team at the end of the day and uh, it's all about results, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess with, um, what about you, Rob? I mean, the thing that uh, kind of surprised me yesterday was he spoke to media. That didn't surprise me. But what did was when he said, um, Kane had only very Kane Williamson had only very recently reached out, and he's only heard from very few players about the whole situation and him leaving. I guess what's your take on it all? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that's I hadn't actually picked up on that. He hadn't really heard from any teammates uh, in terms of the decision. I, I was I'm in, I was in favour of him going to looking younger and going with Finn Allen. Uh, Brendan, I, yeah, Brendan made all the all the points there. It's a good one. I, one of my biggest concerns with Gupta was his, his, his ability to rotate strike was always something that uh, I wasn't a big fan of. He wasn't never was never great at rotating strike and keeping things ticking over. But I guess I guess if the Finn Allen experiment, I've got to give it a crack. But if it doesn't work, I mean, and you talk about the farewell tour, blah blah. I mean, in pro sport, I don't think there's any. Um, you know, it's not a given, and it shouldn't be a given that you're going to give someone a farewell tour. But I guess if this experiment doesn't work with Ben Allen, they give them a good chance. So, you know, they've just got to not be afraid, I guess, to go back to Gupta when they, you know, down the line with that World Cup in sight. And they have said it's not, um, not that you just, you, that you believe everything, but they have said it's not necessarily the end for them. Uh, in terms of how it was all handled, um, 
behind the scenes. I mean, yeah, I mean, professional sport. It's uh, it's, it's it can be cruel at times, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I kind I do sort of fear though that it puts a lot of pressure on Finnellan's shoulders. So hopefully, over this series and as the summer progresses, we see some um results from him and I know I said last cricket question but this one actually is because summer of cricket in Pakistan what were New Zealand cricket thinking? Well is this is this they're making up for uh, yeah, obviously they were meant to well, cover yeah. <laughs> I mean I wouldn't what... say no to going over to cover it <laughs> No no exactly I, I guess it, 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 look, you look at the calendar and this is like the summer of cricket it's always the thing right and there's just a massive hole in the in the calendar at home now, they're, after this coming series, they're just gone. Pakistan is no cricket until well into next year, which is a real shame. This is when Kiwis like getting uh, sitting on the embankments and having a few and watching the black caps. So, uh, I mean, yeah, well, is it the is it the black clash, uh, Jordan? I'm sure you'll be there for that. Is that, is that almost the, the next thing on the calendar? Well, yeah, it's the showpiece event, really, isn't it? <laughs> Hosted by yours truly. So, I mean, you know, you, you're actually dead right. Thank you for that. Uh, Brendan, moving forward, uh, we spoke to uh, Julie Seymour earlier because pre-season's about to get underway for the tactics. Now, this is a side that obviously they had two back-to-back finals, but they've just struggled. It's kind of either side struggled for a bit of consistency. Their team's been together for so long, like so many of those players had been there for seven, eight, nine years, and now they've kind of not started fresh, but they have changed the side a lot. They've got Laura Malcolm coming from the England Roses, Alia Dunn coming down from the Pulse. How do you think they'll go this year? Uh, next year, rather? Yeah, I was pretty excited by those tactics signings. I think they really hit the jackpot. Like they, I, just last year with that Jane Watson injury, they looked pretty devoid of answers. Like I, I did have major concerns when, when oh, sorry, Jane Watson injury, obviously with your pregnancy um, being unavailable. Um, I, I sort of really worried about the tactics last year. I think they, I thought they'd really struggle, and they did. But uh, yeah, obviously Marilyn Delaney Hodgkin has made some really astute signings. I love the um, Alia Dunn decision. I just thought with Ellie Bird and Tapaisa we record, I think that combination they kind of run its course and. Bird was a little bit one-dimensional. Um, so earlier done, I think coming down here to Canterbury and with the tactics, just a, a change of scenery, fresh environment, I think she could really excel down here. And I've uh, always been a big, big fan of earlier done and what she can do. And yeah, Malcolm's obviously a very experienced player. She's going to add a lot to that environment. So I've got uh, yeah high expectations for the tactics. I think they'll be um, yeah a lot better than, than what they've been, uh, especially last year. I think they'll be they'll be sort of right in the title mix. I mean, obviously the Central Pulse are going to be the team to beat. They've... Uh, Got a pretty settled roster. Um, the Mystics, um, they're always tough with some of the players I've got. But uh, the tactics should be uh, there or thereabouts, I reckon. Yeah. The, the one I did feel sorry for was Charlotte Alley. I mean, she's dedicated most, well, all of her playing career to the tactics. And I honestly believe she's one of New Zealand's most underrated mid-quarters. But, um, I mean, she's moving north to the Magic. And speaking to Marianne earlier in the week, she said that she just genuinely believes that's going to be the best thing for her. But the other person that they get back is Jane Watson. And I guess how important is she in the setup, not only as a player, but probably more so that leadership? Because I feel like that's something they were sort of lacking this season. Oh, it's absolutely massive getting Jane Watson back in there. I mean, in her, in her, when she's playing good netball, she's arguably the best defender in the world. Netball, what she can do, just the ball she can pick up. Um, she just, oh man, without her last year, that tactics team in the defensive end, they were just so heavily reliant on uh, Karen Burger, and she was having to do all herself. And with her and, and Watson at the back end of the court, man, they just pick up so much for those two players. So uh, just having Watson back, uh, that's going to make a world of difference and uh, it just transforms the tactics. Uh, they go from being one of the worst teams to being a title contender just with having Jane Watson on the court, in my opinion.
Yeah, totally. I'm with you there. Uh, Rob, Crusaders Matatu, they head uh, into pre-season two. But first, I want to talk about our old mate Razor. Reports out this week, he's got the backing for the England top job. How do you see all of this playing out post the World Cup? Uh, well, the timing is going to be the big thing, right? Like, mm. I mean, New Zealand rugby have always, have always uh, pointed the coach after the World Cup. But I mean, frankly, and you know, Jamie Joseph comes into the into the conversation here too. That's just not not going to work for for those guys if they have to wait. They can't really be waiting around. And New Zealand rugby are well aware of that. Um, but at the same time, can they bring it forward before the World Cup? I and mean, what, what, you know, then you start talking about if they don't reappoint Foster and what happens if the all that's gone to win the World Cup. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating what happens in the next wee while. I, I do believe that you know the All Blacks remain um, Robertson's. I don't think there's any doubt that that remains his, his preference. But you know, if they if, if England get in touch in May and there's, and there's no uh, All Blacks decision post till post World Cup and they put an offer on the table, I mean, how can you refuse that? Um, it's mm. it's going to be very interesting. I mean, uh, keep an eye on what happens with New Zealand rugby and, and word on uh, the timing of that All Blacks decision. What have you made of all of the, I guess some of them have been rumours, but some of them have been verified with all that's gone down with the All Blacks job and this year, really. Do you think Razor has a reason to be a bit miffed? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's not a secret at all that he was he was approached and was essentially yeah. told that he was in line. I mean, it's not a secret. Everyone knows he, he was essentially in line and Foster avoided the sack with that. That win in South Africa. So I mean, for her, I guess um, some people are saying, oh, it's the second time uh, Razor was shafted. I mean, look, he, he didn't get the job the first time, and and that's that's fair and square. Didn't get it, but I mean, this year that's, that's got a sting when uh, when you're basically told it's all but yours. You're in line to get it, and then a, a, a late a late uh, decision, a late win in South Africa, and and and, he, and, he, and he's got to wait again. So um, yeah, he'd have to be frustrated, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch. I mean, I guess we spend so much time with Razor throughout the years um, with our jobs, but is he the person you want to see genuinely as the All Blacks coach? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, oh, I think I'd be either him or Jamie Joseph. I, I was actually uh, yeah. the last one. I think Razor's definitely more ready now. I mean, at the time, I thought I'd probably. Uh, I was fine with that decision, and, and I've you know, got absolutely no bias towards Robinson just because uh, we cover the Crusaders and we do see him every week. I was actually more in favour of uh, a Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown combination, sticking with and and, and putting their, um, their their names forward. So, but now I think I oh, absolutely he's ready, and I think it would be great timing for him to to take over the team. I think they need to go in a new direction. I think it needs to be a bit, a bit of a clean out right through. Uh, New Zealand rugby, all backs management, I should say. Um, yeah, a little bit stale in there, I think, and, and that's coming from, you know, you hear that from a few people. So, yeah, I think the timing's right. Absolutely, this is this is a time for him to die. That said, if he doesn't, uh, you know, he's still he's still young. He's got plenty of years. You wouldn't rule him out going down the line if he if he doesn't end up coaching the next year after next year. Yeah. Yeah, I can see you being head of logistics quite easily and also um, Brendan in there is maybe team manager. I think we could sort it out. <laughs> got a pretty solid job, wouldn't have we, you, have you, have you, uh, I reckon. Have you seen him? I know he's back from... Uh, have you seen him? Uh, you've been to Sumner lately, Jordan, and seen him? I know you ran into him there a while back. No, I haven't actually. Is he back in the country now? 
Yeah, he, he is back in the country. I was actually at Rugby Park yesterday speaking to uh, Grace Brooker from uh, Matatu. And yes, yeah. I saw Razor, he, through the window, he waved as he walked past us uh, through there. So he's definitely back in the country. Yeah, yeah, back from his... King's back the, on the throne. King's back on the throne. <laughs> he's ready for the season ahead. Um, that sort of actually leads me perfectly to the next point. Um, with Matatu, obviously, Grace Brooker is back. That's going to be huge. But um, And feel free, either of you, to chip in here. Obviously, earlier in the week, uh, Whitney Hansen was up when they announced the team and also the coach, the assistant coaches. Were you surprised that she took her name out of the hat for being the next Black Ferns head coach? I was a little bit, but I, I, not so much then because I think, yeah, I think there was there were signs towards the the back end that you, you start hearing guys like Bunting and and that coming in. But yeah, I guess for her to black and white just say no, that was it. I mean, yeah, when the World Cup started, I was definitely in, in the group sort of that thought, oh, she would. She was almost the natural, um, yeah, the, the obvious one to t- to take over. But yeah, she's ruled herself out and. She's gonna and stay as an assistant down here, which is yeah. I guess that's that's a win for for Matatu down here anyway. Yeah, and I guess Brendan, who would be your players to watch out of Rugby Park for next season uh, in terms of Matatu or the Crusaders? Uh, for the Crusaders, yeah, I mean it's um, George Bell obviously got some some uh, big height, but um, yeah. apparently he may have had a bit of an injury. I understand. So uh, yeah, he looked like a really. I mean, he just on the New Zealand twenties team and what he did. Uh, he's a player that I'm I'm really high on. Uh, but, I mean, the Crusaders I mean, have just got so much depth, haven't they, right across the park. Um, some of these young guys coming in, um, yeah, just uh, take your pick, really. I mean, there, there, someone will step up and come into the mix. They always do. And, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll just be as formidable as ever. Like the Crusaders next year, I mean, they're always, they're always very much on the title hunt. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to those uh, 9 a.m. Uh, media calls. <laughs> Actually, they're 8, aren't they, Rob? Yeah, they're eight. Oh, I think they I are eight. Look, I, don't know if, I don't know if Jack Fletcher, the new the new media manager, is going to is he going to mix it up? I guess we haven't heard yet, but I think you might get, oh, you might get your wish for some changes. Oh, eight a.m. I tell you, what are they thinking? Each year, I've made a public announcement. Now I want it to be pushed back later. Mid morning would be preferred. Mid morning. Uh, now to the next big thing that's happening. Obviously, the FIFA World Cup. Are you watching? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. As sports reporters, um, sorry, Brendan, I'll jump in here. I know you're a football man, but yeah, as sports reporters, we don't um, don't get to be really, you don't get to be fans of of teams. Uh, you got to take a backward step. But like, this is a chance where I guess I can. I can look my Dutch heritage. I always get them behind the the Aranya, and uh, ever since '98, when our family would get up in the wee hours, uh, yeah, I'm doing the same here and. Yeah, getting on the old um, the old Dutch orange top, and uh, yeah, they were put up four this morning. The one all draw with Ecuador, but absolutely, I haven't. I've seen a good chunk of the games, the five and the eight o'clock games especially. So, yeah, how good? Oh, stop it! That's such a nice yeah. wee angle there with the family. <laughs> um, and Brendan, for you as well, FIFA World Cup highs, lows. Talk me through how you're finding it so far. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's been my uh, been my most watched sport event uh, over the last week. It's just been fascinating. Like Rob, I've, I've probably watched about 80% of the games and, and been glued to it. Um, it's been nice with those 8 o'clock kickoffs. You, you roll into the office and work, and it's on in the background. And not much uh, writing gets done the first hour at work. Everyone's pretty glued to the box <laughs> watching the uh, the late game. But it's, oh, it's just been amazing, hasn't it? That uh, Saudi Arabia upset over Argentina, even Japan rolling uh, Germany, which I don't, th- I don't think too many people expected. Just the, the highs and lows and the upsets. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been fascinating as I say I've been been watching it it's been uh, I watched the cricket last night but man it's just been 
been all FIFA World Cup for me. It's been the number one sport and just been glued to it. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It, you know, it just rolls around every four years. So when it does, you just got to soak it in. And um, oh, it's just been, it's been wonderful, really. Oh, my God. I mean, I was mentioning Japan earlier because, bless them, have you seen all the content online? Their fans cleaned up the Blimmin' Stadium. Then they made left the changing room spotless and made origami cranes out of all the towels left in the bloody building. Like, how cool. Didn't they do this? Well, standing, standing, isn't it? I can't remember. If, yeah. Is that another World Cup or uh, there was another event I remember there was similar things on social media of them cleaning up their locker rooms and, and stuff. Yeah, definitely seen it before from the Japanese. The real MVPs, honestly. Absolute <laughs> MVPs. Um, and lastly, uh, Brendan, I'll stick with you here. Is Lydia Ko our greatest sporting export of the past 10 years? Oh, gosh, she have to be up there. I mean, man, she's just... Uh, what Lydia Ko's done the last... Uh, well, this year especially, has just, just blown me away. I mean, I remember a couple of years back, I was actually talking to um, Amelia Garvey about, uh, I think it was about 2019, and uh, when Lydia Coe was just copping so much uh, pressure and everyone seemed to be on her back, and uh, I remember Amelia Garvey saying to me, she's going to bounce back, she's going to be just fine, and sure enough, just what she's done this year, she's been um, amazing, and just her results and consistency and changes to her game, it's just been um, amazing to see what she's done and, and how she's bounced back. Yeah, she is awesome. Rob and Brendan, thank you both so much for your time this morning. Cool to chat on a bit of a different platform. See you guys at 8am, those media sessions next year. Um, And that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week.